Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, welcome to the Redman Originals podcast. Uh, I'm Paul Machen, Chris Page, at Dan Club, Steve Hoare. Join me for this one to discuss our sweet relief um, following the pool winning the Merseyside derby. We're going to look ahead <laughs> to Newcastle. Um, I'd be interested to know how the agony rant section goes this week. I've moved it to the middle because I don't feel like we need to get it out the way quite so much as we have done in recent weeks. That might be a little thin on the ground this week. And in, I'm not sure how we're going to transition tonally towards this, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about the uh, the inquests into uh, the wafer handling of the Paris Champions League final uh, as well within this as well so yeah plenty to get stuck into if you're live with us here on uh, YouTube then you can uh, interact with us in the comments section if you're a club legend you can use the discord chat other than that just hunker down get yourself prepared have a big smile because Liverpool uh, are winning football matches as well match again um, <laughs> talk a carry the way run before you come carried away carried away and I'm, 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 I'm in the fucking shit don't be happy because I'm in the shit no I'm carried away it's fine good yeah it's great I love it yeah um, question kick off question comes from one of our club legends uh, Son of Barnes says uh, do we um, deep down in our hearts do we really want Everton relegated I, you know, we, we've touched this on this a number of times, particularly over the last 12 months, Chris. I've I've changed my opinion. I was like very much in the camp of I, I don't mind Everton so much that I enjoy them being around, but I'm kind of in the position now where I think it'd just be really funny if they got relegated. It would be. And listen, I'm still the same opinion, really. I, I'd, I want them to live in this mid table purgatory forever and have no joy whatsoever and I can't get over that fact mm. like an Everton fan said to me this week they truly believe that they were one of the most irrelevant sides in the league they don't win against the big sides they don't go down they don't have days out they don't do anything they just fucking exist they haven't won a trophy since they haven't won a trophy since 1995 <laughs> the like we were talking about it, weren't they? Obviously, the beaters at Anfield in the COVID year, so they didn't get that joy. Like, the last time they beat us, we were talking yesterday, weren't they? It was in the FA Cup. They didn't even see the goal that beat us because fucking ITV didn't show it. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the good things that happened to them in the last 10 years, that's all two of them. They actually didn't see with their own two eyes, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, it would still be hilarious to see Everton go down. I would laugh my head off. I will take loads of enjoyment out of it but it's not something that I want. Also, it's an easy four-point season. Yep. Mm. And you can't say that about teams that will come up. Yeah. 
the only thing, the only saving grace they've got really is that game that they won um, at Anfield during COVID with no fans. At least it wasn't Gilfy that scored it. You know what I mean? Or at least he wasn't all over those celebration pictures. Because that was honestly one of the first things to did. Because Toffee TV have got that poster up in the studio. He did score? No, I mean, sorry. I mean, in that celebration. They've got the celebration picture where they're in, like, the... Did he score the penalty? Ooh. But the cel- I'm sorry. I'm talking about the celebration, folks, are where it's got the cop behind Richarlison. And Richarlison yeah, yeah. celebrating. I'm like, if that was, like, if he was Him front centre on that, still like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. fucking set fire to it because that's them. That's them done. Um, how do you feel about them? Um, it would be hilarious for it to go down um, on, on Chris's point I think what I would miss is finding weird and wonderful ways to beat them like even last night to a certain extent they hit the post seconds later with one that we just found and the goal, it, for and the goal yeah so I'd miss all that I'd really miss the Pickford antics and what have you so I think yeah really I'd like them to stay in the Premier League but I'd like them to stay in that mediocrity like Chris refers to just that mid-table nothingness that they seem to exist in forever because they've actually become more relevant in everyone's lives in the sort the past 12 months when they've been threatened with relegation mm-hmm. it was almost better when they were just doing nothing and not really hurting anyone or making anybody <laughs> happy including Everton fans themselves so yeah I think maybe for a year or two but it would be interesting to see what happened to them were they to go down like if they were to sort of come back straight away they'd have joy in that I don't want that they, so. they, yeah they, they, they'd enjoy it they'd, they'd win, revel they'd in it games. if they go down they go down again I think those that's the other option, yeah, option yeah. they'd come so back up they they're just going to continue to tumble mm, that's exactly what they'd come back up second they wouldn't win the playoffs and they wouldn't win the league they'd just come second the worst way yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a lot of Everton fans friends family members uh, people who I know some people obviously work in the building with us, toffee lads, and um, I can say, I want them all relegated. They can go, and they can go tomorrow and buy. See you later. I can't wait. Yeah. Are they just hang? They're just hanging on to that record. That's all they're there for, isn't it? About how long they've been in the top I need them to that's go. All that's their there. thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I don't think they will come straight back up because I think too many players would leave. They're, they had one of the worst. I know Carragher got sticking in the worst run club in the country. They're not because there's some mm. clubs who are literally about to go bust and stuff. But they're one of the worst run clubs in the Premier League. No one knows actually who's running the place. They can't get anything right. So how they how who's gonna have the brains to get them back out of the championship? So no, I, I want them relegated. I think it'd be really funny. Um I want Connor Cody relegated, I want Jordan Pickford relegated. They can all go and I would have a good old laugh about it. I can't wait. I um yeah. I, they're, they're the worst run cup because of how much money they've had. Mm. You know, like when you and it's what's quite funny because they they hate Newcastle. We used to do social club and like your Baz and Ped used to just whinge about Newcastle constantly because they've got this thing about how it's like they talk, they go on about the entitlements of like Newcastle thinking they're a big club when you know like Everton are a big club and um, the fact that Newcastle have just have just been handed you know a blank check to go and spend on stuff and they're immediately challenging for <laughs> it's top so four. Bad. Everton have been whinging all oh, the rules are against us and all this it's like well, Newcastle did it with their money they just signed a good players yeah. got a good manager in that's all you needed to do you can spend your money wisely like Newcastle have yeah. Mm. Whatever, no, no, terrible. None of that, none of that. It's just cheating, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be very unevident <laughs> to spend the money wisely. So it's, it's, it's be cop eyed behaviour, presumably. I like that they needed a striker, and then he went and signed the striker, and then their main striker gets injured, and they don't trust that striker to play. <laughs> call uh, back a kid from Sunderland. You like, call back a lad yeah. off loan. Like Neil Mopela, honestly, just it's it's so funny. Like every decision they make is really really funny. I even like to a point where. Connor Cody and Tarkovsky, oh, they're good signings, and then even they get exposed. And it's just, yeah, just 
they are hilarious. The only the only bad thing about it, and I can't what you guys agreed, was that once they're in the championship and they're not really in your conscious anymore, then they're less you're less likely to laugh at them. But the flip side is we'd see the Toffee lads every day, so we would still. I think if the, it wouldn't so much be out of sight, out of mind, because we still would be seeing them. Mm. And I think it'd be really great that I had to speak. I'd be speaking to all the guys, and they go, well, "Oh yeah, we, we're playing our forty eighth game of the season. We're going away <laughs> to Preston on a Tuesday." Yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to them work, trying to work out how many games there are left in the championship season. Because I, I, every time I go, I've done it on footy manager playing in low division. It's like I've done the the maths on it being a 38 game season <laughs> for like my entire, you know, since, since the early days of the Premier League. And I go, how many, how many teams are in this? Are in Eight this more league? of these. <laughs> are you messing? Eight no, more of these. I think the. Um, Someone just sort of shot past the. Uh, <laughs> over there very quietly. There's a slam of the door. I yeah. don't mind. The, my general notion comes from I, I believe in the good of the city, and I and I think that I, I always said this. I don't want. Why should people in London have happiness? Why should we should have, have happiness when people in Liverpool aren't having it? So there is obviously a little bit of. Eight more games to go to though. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I mean. Is is that them going down the championship go down and then put the season ticket prices up because there's just more games yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but I don't I don't yeah them going I, down I, the championship and having a good time would, would do their souls a little they bit they won't good. have a good time it's Everton it doesn't, it doesn't happen and I really want them to open that. I've said this before I want them to open that stadium on the first game of a season and it's like Coventry it's like, yeah, yeah it's like big grand opening of the new stadium we welcome our visitors Luton Town <laughs> the ultimate irony of it being Coventry and them going oh nice new stadium yeah, 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 that yeah, always yeah. works out really well yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see no problem here whatsoever Sunderland are like oh yeah we, yeah, 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 well, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. ground sharing with Bootle soon yeah do you find, do you find do you put a Tesco's on the side that's a good idea um, there was a tweet from an Evertonian to league victories by Liverpool versus Liverpool by decade, which I thought was fascinating reading. In the 60s, they won five, Everton won five times in eight years. In the 70s, they beat us three times. In the 80s, four. In the 90s, six. Go in the 2000s, are. two. In the 10s, one. And so far in the 2020s, once. Um, which only served to highlight how horrible it was being a Liverpool fan in the city. During the nineties, and Drake and Chelsea, because I'm still not over yeah. that. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> absolutely fucking. Here's us moaning, by the way. <laughs> yeah, can I talk about the goal? Can I ask you a question very quickly? Where does it rank in funniest derby goals? It's nowhere. Near. It's never going to be a Rigi's. That's number one. It could be number two in funniest derby winners or derby goals. They hit the post, and 13 seconds later, we scored, and their goalie was running away from the goal. It is up there with funny derby goals. Like I, I don't know, because I don't think I appreciated it from that perspective. For maybe, maybe in the fullness of time, I'll get to look back <laughs> on it in, in, in the pantheon of great derby and hilarious <laughs> goals. Um, but I don't know that it ranks better than us put, putting a, a heavily rotated side yeah. out and beating mm. them at Anfield yeah. and then playing them in the FA Cup with with a bunch of children and Curtis Jones scoring that. I think that was in terms of like the most dev things that could happen. Yeah. Like Mane scoring last, last minute. Off the, a, a, off the good, post. It yeah. wasn't the smoke on the p- blue smoke or yeah. something on the pitch. That was the Rigi one. That was the Rigi one. he threw a flare on it. Nil, nil. That's always going to be... That can't be beaten. There's no... I can't figure out a world where it is. I don't know, you know, it's up there with the Jones. Keith Jones almost funny just because it was literally a team of children, but there is something so evident about not attacking all game. When your plan is to get a set piece, 
right, lads, let's get everyone up front. And then immediately afterwards, you'll let a goal in because your yeah. goalkeeper decides that he just forgets that he's a goalkeeper. Probably was half time or something. Yeah, he's got off. I, I, I do, it is up there with he's, I mean, We did a big bit on this on the final word show. He's just hilariously shit as a goalie. He's not that bad. No, no, unless he's, it's from like against us. He's re- he's a really he, he is actually in the in the broad spectrum of things a really good goalie, but he's a he's such a knobhead that he can't understand that he he is his biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Like if he just if he just was a goalie instead of trying to like banter people or try to get involved with the crowd and all that kind of stuff. We just shut up and got on with this game. I compared him to Dejan Lovren. Like when you just say go and do your job, he's really good at his job. But if he ever thinks he has to be something more above and beyond, you know he's just he's a step away from it was absolute like that, catastrophe. Last year when he was lying on the floor wasting yeah. time, smiling and winking and then Alison got to do it back. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. do it afterwards, mate. Yeah. Do it when you've got something, like well, not before. He set himself up for a fall there and he did it against Newcastle as well. Everton, remember he's walking off at half time at St James. He's obviously getting loads of abuse because of the ex Sunderland connection. So he's walking off, giving it to Big England at 2 0, and they got beat 3 2. So he sets himself up for fall time and time again. You're right, you need to wait till the end of the game to do it. He doesn't learn quite clearly, but it's those occasions that seem to get the better of him. When he is getting a little bit of stick, he'll be getting it from the Anfield crowd, he'll get it from St James's. It's those moments whereby it comes back to bite him. He can't handle, he can't keep in check of his emotions, quite frankly, which is really important for a goalkeeper. He's never been able to do that, though. So- expends so much energy trying to tell everyone that he's not bothered by what the stuff is yeah, going yeah, on yeah, around yeah. him. I said he's like singing the song about him having little arms and he's like putting his arms up in the air and clapping and all that and it's like you're not that big a character and you know it doesn't transcend yeah, the, yeah no exactly mm-hmm. like Neville Southall could have a relationship with the cop because he was if not the best goalie he was one of the best goalies ever to play in the league you're Jordan Pickford you're a fucking joke just be a goalie for a bit, mate, and shut up. And um, he gets what he, he gets what he deserves. Long make that, that's one of the things I will miss. Yeah, I will no, miss he'll him. come back though. It won't be for Everton, but he'll be back in the Premier League. Him, yeah. Someone will sign him, mm. oh, you, yeah, you would think. If he, if he could go and replace one of the other goalies who's <coughs> crap against us, like Hugo Lloris, that'd yeah. be absolutely spectacular. Someone will sign him, and he, he, his issue is like he celebrates weird things really over the top. Like he catch, he's, and he, he loves plays sh- for Everton though, Steve. Yeah, he's yeah, got to true. celebrate something. Like, yeah. something. Got a lot of pent up celebrations. He, lo- <laughs> he loves shouting at people when they make him do his job. You know, he's like, oh, you have to make a save. I'm going to scream at you. It was like, well, that's your kind of your job, mate. It's like he's watched goalkeepers do that and hasn't quite applied it in the right place. It's like those people who go on X Factor who've never sang in front of anyone but themselves and presume they must be really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, because if you're not seeing what real success looks like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he must well, be like, yeah, caught across it, yeah. <laughs> Get in. What was that one he did last night where he, like, dived and, like, just went dead high? And uh, Did you see that one in the first half? Yeah. There was just no need for it. Why did he do that? It was that? a loose cross into the box and he full length sort of dive, pushed it <laughs> yeah. away and got a woo. He's especially useless. Off He's yeah. useless. A couple of sandwiches short, I think, in he yeah. overall. He went to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist previously. Yeah, yeah he did go, and get, did go and get a little bit of help to try and calm him down because he, he's no doubt about it. He is a little bit loose. He's wired differently, isn't he? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. But also, he's not that good a goalie. He's, no. he's, he's okay. I, I still think it's overplayed. People tell me he's, he's really good and I think he's fine. I think he makes the saves that you'd probably expect him to make. I know, I think he's a good goalie. He just know. can't play for, against Liverpool. Thinking is his problem. Having to think is probably his issue. Sort of inst- instinctively, he's quite a good shot stopper. 
like a lot of sort of lower down the table goalkeepers are because yeah. they have to do loads. You know what I mean? So you do pull off good saves. I think he can do all that. It's when he has to make a decision like the Avigi goal with Luke, and he's looking at it going, I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. And like last night, there's something coming, he doesn't quite know what to do with himself. It's when he has to think he has issues. It's an Anfield thing, isn't it? A lot of times, he's had actually quite good games against us at Goodison. He saved him a couple of times. Even the last one he was earlier this season yeah, when he was probably yeah. the best player. So he has had that, but uh, there's something about Anfield. And like I was saying, when uh, we lost the toss, I was on the watch along with Ellen. I said, that might not be the worst thing, you know, mm. like going cop end first half and just having Jordan Pickford in front of the cop yep. for a half. I'm all right with that. And then lo and behold, I've never seen a goalkeeper in my life make a worse decision of, of who's going to strike this ball. Like <laughs> he goes to close down Cody Gakpo and then just doesn't realise, mm. oh, Mo Salah's got to empty. Like, the counter attack was awesome by us to go speak about mm. it, but like that isn't easy. If, if if Pickford is in the middle of his goal, that isn't an easy finish for Mo Salah because he's got he he, he just told me into an empty net <laughs> and I love like he just carries on walking and turns around the circle, just gives it a clap. Oh well, never mind, lads. Uh, he, I, he's it's like when up. when you see it and it's a still image. It's like he's about to jump and turn and go typing <laughs> or something like that. Isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He's just completely like he's looking the other way. It's why? Mad, why mad. is he looking the other I, way? I said to someone this morning, a blue. I was in the in the gym this morning with a blue. And I said to him like, if he stays in the middle of his goal, listen, we might still score. Salah might bring it down. Gakpo might bring it down. Whatever. But he has to make us do something. He can't do that and let Salah just get any connection to score. He has to make it harder than you that. You can't, yeah, you can't, you're a goalie. Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> I've never played a goal, but that doesn't look right to me. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Your idea is to get yourself in the best possible position yeah. to save a shot kicked at the goal. Ah, right, yeah. 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 He wasn't doing that. No, no. He wasn't doing that. Quite the yeah, Cody Gaffo's number, he, he was all yeah. over him. Yeah. It was a strong, Press wasn't it like you know, <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. on Cody Gapo? Yeah. That comes off. He's read the game beautifully, but mm. as it turns out, there was a whole other player. The flip side is our best goal scorer. If it goes to Gapo, he probably could have just passed it back to Moussa yeah. yeah, into yeah, an yeah. open goal. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love them. But yeah, to relegate them, and I, I love it. I love playing them like that. But like still, even one season, I've got to just get rid of them. And like, I say they will come back up probably if they, if they did. They'll come second. They won't win nothing, and it'll be like they'll they'll get promotion with four games to go. But someone like Bernie this year have already pissed the league, mm. and they, so they don't even get the joy of a playoff win. It would be funny if, because we, we mentioned this the other week, uh, if the championship had evolved such that his brand of football is not good enough to get you out of the championship anymore, and they just become one of those doldrum QPR style, never really good enough to get to the playoffs, too good to get relegated, just. Imagine just becoming what they are, Preston. but a division lower. I was just lower. thinking Tramir for about 10 years, because that's all they did. They get the playoffs every year, never quite make it, and then eventually it's just like, there's, there's only so much we can give before we tumble but, down the but, league. Preston's a fucking boss example, because they did all that stuff when they were on the telly the other week, and they were talking about Preston's history and all the titles they've won and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's been 30, some 40 years or whatever since they were in the top division, but you all know Preston... Historically, a big yeah. footy team, but no one ever, no one ever mentions Preston. Like in my head, they exist somewhere between League Two and mid and mid table in the Championship at any given point during their existence. But couldn't couldn't tell you how they do. No one, you never see think about the results. You would never look out for them in any way, shape, or form. That could be, that could be them. Um, With global warming, their stadium could be in the sea by the time they get back up. <laughs> That ground, man, fucking hell. Like, you know, it's just... Because if you're going to get out the championship, having a really compact, like, heavy, 
to go to. No, at least they, yeah, 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 yeah. Could really have been a benefit to them, but instead it's probably going to get turned into. When flat. is it supposed to open up? Is, is it next year? I honestly don't know. It's only near ready yet, so it must be. <laughs> it's a couple of years away at least, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, but yeah, by then they might be in League Two. Big love, by the way, to uh, CZ Red in our Club Legend Discord chat, uh, who bumped into me and Chris last night after the game just to reaffirm that it's not CZ Red. It's CZ, it is CZ Red, but it's also CZ Red. Uh, C60 said, I'll be um, fucking made up if Evan get relegated. The fuckers have teased me long enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, the game then, I favourite moments? Other than that, um, I love Stefan by Chetta. Yeah. Um, my worry going into this, I don't, music, I said, I don't want to put yourself too much, was like, their midfield look like very combative, very athletic. It did well against Arsenal. It nullified Arsenal. And our midfield, quite frankly, hasn't won a midfield battle since Man City, maybe. And even that was touching all the times. So I was I, moving Stefan by Chetich forward, putting Fabinho back in. I was apprehensive. He was unbelievable. He, he's got this ability to just like sniff danger, but then do, do something about it. Yeah. He, just, he, he actually goes and wins. And if he, he wins the ball, he, he's so good in... Um, in the challenge and coming out the other way. But what I enjoyed about his performance yesterday was that he, because he was number eight, he was allowed to be a bit more expressive on the ball and show us what he's got there as well. So for me, he was he was the standout. And I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, we, we were saying like, you know, this season might be a write-off, but what can you take from it? Is there something you can go build on for next towards whatever it becomes? And he might be that. Thank God they got that new contract signed when they did. Because there'd be a lot of people sniffing around him. They might have saved Liverpool a few quid. He might be thinking I should have waited a few extra ones before I put pen to paper on it. But I thought like he was the, he was the best player on the pitch in a Merseyside mm. derby in a game where we've all been really really worried about that position. Everton clearly thought, how do we win this game? Is that we'll win the midfield battle and we'll try and hoof it long to this side mm. up front? Couldn't do it because he because him for being one and Henderson were all brilliant. Salah said he might, he's been our best player yeah, since, yeah, he, since he came in. Yeah. yeah, he was right. He was, he was his best player last night as well for me. He was superb. And I take Steve's point on sort of the little bit of trepidation about him going into that match because you thought like Everton did do really well in that midfield. It was landed the Giants a little bit in there last night as well. And as brilliant as he has been, he isn't physically ready yet. To look, he's still growing. For You know what I mean? He's, he's isn't quite, slight, isn't he? He's still a slight, yeah. He's not even a man yet, really. So there were slight concerns for me about how he'd cope. But listen, I was wrong. I was badly wrong because he was just wonderful. And the biggest credit I can almost give him is Fabinho and Henderson were good, given how much they've struggled. They were much better last night. He still overshadowed them too. He was levels above them. And I don't quite know what type of midfielder he's going to be yet. We signed him as a centre-back. He's been brilliant in the six. And then he goes into the eight and does that. Like, he's got everything. He's got, he showed his range of passing last night. He showed his awareness. <laughs> he showed his composure when he did get opportunities to go forward. He's unlucky not to get an assist with a Salah one that gets deflected over. I can't speak highly enough of what this kid has done coming into the team. And especially last night, he was wonderful. And I loved his interview afterwards. They haven't seen him speak really at any point. He spoke last night, boss accent, love all that Serbian Spanish scouse mix. That's class. But he spoke really well as well. And he, he kept asking about his tackling, his love for tackling. He just really refreshing to watch him play and to hear him because like Steve says, it has been a bad season. We've been in the doldrums a little bit. So to have Bajetic to hang on to in these last few weeks and what's to come is really nice actually. As, as Davey like starts to a Liverpool career goal, I was trying to think of young lads who have, who've done it better and I can't, it, not on sprung to mind, or maybe Raheem Sterling, but even he, even he was a little bit in and out. Jordan Ibe was okay, but like 
you're going back a long way to think of a teenager who comes in and like Trent was good, but Trent was uh, uh, I don't know. There was still quite we were we were. Similar, I think Owen, Owen and Fowler, I think, are the benchmarks. Yeah. Gerard as well when he G- Gerard, but he was a bit in and out as well initially, wasn't he? Um, it, it's as good as anything, it's, and it's yeah. put him in the mix with those type of players, all of them. You know, we're talking world class football, it's most crazy, of them. It, yeah. it, and he has, he hasn't put a foot wrong. He's been excellent, and he has been our best player. He's, he, he really has. Like if you look at now, since the since the World Cup, maybe the turn of the year, he's in Liverpool's best eleven. If there was a Champions League final tomorrow, he'd be in the team, and that's and he's that that's just what he's done for himself. He's been magnificent and. Listen, we've had we've had false storms with young players before. You don't want to go, you know, you don't want to be saying he's going to be this, he's going to be that. But I think it's fair to say he could be anything. Mm. There was a lot of comments on the watch songs yesterday saying, you know, he could he could save Liverpool a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they wanted you Bellingham and Matthias Nunez or whatever or, or whatever they wanted, and there was a budget of three hundred million or two hundred, whatever it was, if Z, if you can if you can get two better players now because you don't need to go and sign three, that really does. That's where it could help you out. You whoever's if it is Bellingham. Maybe you do go and get someone else. You, 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 there's money elsewhere because you don't need to. You don't need to worry about him. He's, he's in the squad now, and he, mm. he deserves to be. He is excellent. Yeah. Well, we we it, it's, I think it's an interesting point. We've done this. It's very basic math, Chris. But we've had these conversations in the past where you talk about like you, if you're going to go and spend seventy five million pounds on a player or eighty million pounds, that's sound. But it's actually you look at your areas of the team and how else you've constructed it. And we say like Virgil Van Dijk. It costs seventy five million, but then if he's partnered with Matip, if you've gone on a free, then effectively you've spent thirty seven odd million pounds on each centre half, which is where it kind of tends to average out. And that's what Pachetta just got the the potential ability to do is that Jude Bellingham could actually end up moving for a world record transfer fee for a midfielder. He'll go for a British transfer record if he if he goes above Enzo Fernandez. But if he's in a team with Stephen Pachetta, you paid half a million quid for. Then that's what a rounded transfer business looks like. It, it is, and I think the the beauty of Bajetic in this regard is that you're not like let's say if he was a Fabinho, I think you'd say, well, he's a six on his own. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're not tying yourself down to a formation either with Bajetic because he can play as part of a two. I think because he can play in an eight. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he can play as part of a two. He can play that six or he can play an eight. So you'd not pigeonhole yourself into a into a system or anything. So yeah. that's that's massive. Because if it was just a straight up Kante, you'd probably you'd know where you need to go in terms of you. Well, you're probably going to need two eight and by touch, it's going to be the six. Probably take over Fabinho, but because he's more than that, because he can do everything, you're fine to do yeah. whatever you want to do, and it doesn't impact your plans on how on what type of midfielder you want. Just on him as well, I just want to pick up something that Dan said. For me, it's his positioning. Like, mm. like I ain't seen a young kid with position. Like he just gets in the way of the ball somehow all the time, and he seems to always be there to buddy up with somebody. Like you look at that one where it was our second goal, isn't it? It's him and Robertson, mm-hmm. and it, it's his positioning that allows Robertson to walk away with the ball and spring that attack you know him always being in the right space at the right time is just like I've not seen a young kid been able to do that ever he decides they're not getting away with the ball and he literally almost ends up lying down he, well, he does this thing where he floor. does that where he puts Spots. the knee on the floor doesn't he mm-hmm. does that quite often like I've noticed that a few times but yeah his passion's amazing he doesn't mind running with the ball his tackling his he positioning he loves that in the aerial back heel he's, he's a big fan of doing <laughs> he was showing a bit last night wasn't he he was showing a little bit of flair as well last night which is new maybe that's more advanced role he was playing but he was definitely showing he had a little bit more to him he was, he, he was, there was one sorry yeah. there was one where Salah was on the right-hand side and he was just about in the half space and it was such a difficult pass to just dink it over the man in front of him. And I was like, oh my God, that's it's not like the most 
unbelievable pass you've ever seen, but he had absolutely no time and no space and got it to Salah in space. And I was like, that's fucking genius, that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got something. He genuinely has. And obviously he needs to continue to develop that. But What yeah. a base to start yeah, with. Absolutely. You can tell a good player when they get better every single time they play. And if they have a bad game or a bad moment, they don't disappear. Some some young footballers will vanish without a trace off the back of that. Like, you'd have been, after that, um, the City League Cup game, mm. he, was, if, he was fine. And I, I said it's interesting because that could have been his Trent at Old Trafford football match where he goes away for a bit and then he comes back. And as it turns out, he's come back even more quickly and he's been he's he's, he's gotten to that level pretty much straight away. I I, I really like him. We've got a we've got a real a real player there. Also, yeah, you're not supposed to do that in a Merseyside derby at 18. No. Like how many times? Like best player we've had in our generation of Liverpool uh, as Liverpool fans, Steven Gerrard, he's lo- he lose he's lost his head in Merseyside derbies. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Lo- uh, loads of players down the years have been absolutely been lose their head in Merseyside derbies. He's an eighteen year old who was going up against their strength in the yep. middle of the park and came out with me thinking he made their strength look like a weakness and the midfield was our strength. Flair players being asked to be physical is what is that thing is that Everton have had tons of these is why Rob Well always struggled in derbies, why Barkley struggled in derbies, Davies has struggled in derbies because you're being asked to be more aggressive than your natural game is whereas he's got that aggression but he never seems angry. Mm. He just seems like just in check, isn't he? Just, yeah, yeah, you're not getting past me. You're not getting past me because you don't get past me. Not like I'm not getting past me because we must fight. You know that those those kind of things because they can be. What Gerard was that. Gerard was wild when mm. he was young in the best way. It was so exciting watching him burst onto the scene because he was just like a a bull in a china shop at times. Like you mean tearing around after everything, just bubbling over, need to go and get the ball and win it and prove himself. But Jesse, he just looks like we're having the conversation in the office where who does he who does he most remind you of? And I see Gerard in there. I see, all of I see Alonso in there. Mm. I see Thiago in there. And it, this is one of the things about Thiago. This is why you buy Thiago. Yes, because he's a brilliant footballer and he adds loads to your squad and, you, and your side. But you want all the young players around to get to just for him to rub off on. Mm-hmm. And already you can see it in Pachetta. He's just he looks like a, his protege, doesn't he? He just looks like he's like a sponge, and he's soaked up all these Tiagoisms. He's got the socks, you know. He's he's doing like the socks is important, drops. by the way. Yeah. It <laughs> makes him more of a player the way he wears his socks. I'm I'm convinced of that. I love the interview as well. And he, it's funny because he is so young. That he's he's with Mo Salah. If anyone's seen on Sky, and he goes like, um, Mo Salah goes, he's been our best player. And he goes, the guy goes, what's that? What that make you feel like? He's like, oh my god, he's Mo Salah. Yeah. Like, and, <laughs> smile, and, 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 smile, and you, yeah. you forget he went. He's, you know, I'm I'm getting praised by one of Liverpool's all time great. Like he's been here. And you think about it, when Mo Salah joined Liverpool, Stefan Bacchetta was like 12, 13 mm. or something. Now he's he's getting praised by him. That he is so young. He's eighteen years old. Like I tell you now, this lad was English. The media will be having a field day with how good yeah. he is because he's everything that you want in the centre mid. Yeah. Again, we've got you, you do have to be careful with it, and who knows, false dawns, yada yada yada. But in terms of what we've seen so far, mate, I am, I am, I'm very excited. It looks like Liverpool have found themselves another gem. Like we've been saying for a while, haven't we? The academy really needs to get. If you're going to do these signings and bring them through, Harvey Elliott's one where you go, yeah, mm-hmm. sign someone in time, please. I don't think anyone's quite there with Harvey yet in terms of we know he's really, really good. He hasn't nailed down a position in the team or whatever. Yeah, it's like stepping by Jetty Jazz. That there's 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 a, there's three midfield shirts up for grabs every single week now, but actually there's only two. Because it's Stefan Bacetic and two other people, which is crazy to say at the moment, considering like who we've got him and where he's at. In his well, career. he's probably right now. He's probably the number one six, mm-hmm. and he might be the number three or the number two eight. 
after yeah. that performance. Yeah. I think the That's interest, crazy. I think the interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing for me is I think what it what it showed us moving thing moving on from this is like I think it showed us that we we've, we've become a bit reactionary in what we've been watching in terms of like how Jürgen Klopp's been putting teams out and what have you. Now that we're getting a few more lads back from injury, it's going to be really interesting to see how we how we kick things on from this. But what it showed me was uh, that Jürgen was re- at great lengths to stress this, and he, he used Henderson as the main example because it was who he was asked most about in the in the in the pre match press conferences. Is we've got really good footballers, and we've all kind of forgotten that because everyone's been in a bit of a hole, and mm. you know, and various mm. people have kind of dragged themselves up at different stages and what have you. But I think reactionary is a bit. Harsh in that we've had six months of this. No, no, no. That, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm saying. Reaction. What I mean is, is people saw Bacetic, Thiago, and Kate in the midfield and went. That's it. Well, he's for me. He's got rid of Fabinho and he's got rid of Henderson. He's clearly decided to give give them some time off and try and get try and do something to repair them as best as possible. And the beauty the beauty of it is, Bacetic has actually has been a, a wonderful, happy accident almost in this where we've discovered a guy who is. I agree now now pushed himself into the pecking order where he might not be the number one six. It's probably still going to be Fabinho because if he can put in a level, he'll, he will he will play him there, I'm sure of it. But he doesn't have to be impeccable every game. He doesn't need to play twice a week. We've now got a lad who can come in and, and, and take the, the weight off. And similarly, like Kate has just come off the bench. He's just gone from having to play. This guy who's constantly injury prone is now back into a world where we've somehow managed to manage the squad in the last two or three weeks horrendously in terms of results but if it's left us in a position where we we're able to drag ourselves out the mire in the next couple of weeks then uh, Pachetic has been the shining light of the whole thing which I think is absolutely brilliant yeah I, I don't know whether I fully agree with that mate to be honest because Thiago's injury has a big impact on it all doesn't it you know the happy accidents probably that game and that's a reaction of playing Thiago too much I wouldn't say it has been well managed to get to this point in fact because of the injuries, he's had to, he's been forced yeah. into playing Thiago, mm. and Thiago's now got injured because of them. Yeah. Because of that, yeah. I, you know, I, I I agree with the sentiment. If not, how you've got there? Yeah, I mean, what I mean by this is we got a great performance out of Jordan Henderson last night, mm. and he had nothing left in him. You know, he's done going publicly on record saying I'm really struggling since yeah. the World Cup, and we all know Fabinho's been crap this season. I think a lot of us, if you'd asked us a week ago, regarding but before Thiago's injury. If you'd said, well, them to come in for the derby, I don't think any of us would have been particularly keen on the idea of it. But And we'll see what happens in the weeks that, that follow. Hopefully, we're now in a position where Bacetis can just rotate with them. I'd be happy to see him play in any of the midfield positions, to be perfectly honest. Keep playing him, keep his game time. That gives us that extra option. But hopefully, what we've done with regards to Fabinho and Henderson... If we can, if we've made useful footballers back out of them again, then that's in a confidence fun. as well. Yeah. Because, and I think Joe Goldwich you can put you can put into this uh, into this category as well. Of hopefully that is just a little bit of a confidence boost because he, he again he did well his job. I, I mean, I, I thought he had a really good game, Joe Gomez. But what I would say is like he's playing against the lad up front on his own. who's just come back from Sunderland. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't had a good game, you'd have been really, really yeah. asking questions because you know that's the game he should dominate. But he did. You you, you can only really do what you asked to do. And he didn't give the lad a sniff, did he? Every time he got the ball, he was up his arse and he was kicking. He well, moved. they chose him clearly because they just wanted Physical to target Physicality yeah, is yeah. a runabout and, a bit and, as well. And he, yeah. he run about a bit, get involved. He didn't do anything. The only chance he got really was when Joel Matip uh, decided to miss the ball at one time. And even he recovered from that. So there's a, I was saying, like, that. It, it, not only that, that win just stopped the rot and it, and it just it does make things better. And it's Everton, which is always a bonus. It always makes you smile a little bit more. Hopefully, there's a couple of lads you've got a bit more. So Mo Salah gets his goal that he's been desperate yeah. for. 
Cody Gapo gets his goal, which he desperately needed. Darwin Nunes gets an assist. Joe Gomez has a good game. Henderson, Fabinho, these are all lads who have been really, really struggling. Mm. And they can all come out now and, and look in the mirror and go, right, that was more like it. That is something to build on going into, into a couple of big weeks because it, it, you were thinking, not only are we playing badly, but the lads looked... They look like the weight of the world's on their shoulders. Mm. A derby win where you know you can come off the pitch and you know you perform well. That that really that really should give them. Because we have we we have been a team low on confidence, and you, 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 you've been able to see that in all the performances. That was that game was potentially done that moment where the, the plane just hits the mountain. You know what I mean? And yeah, you, yeah. you know you're like you you're every, grab it onto the yoke and pull them back for dear life. Mm. If you lose the Merseyside derby at Anfield, then I don't even know. I can't even imagine what that world looks like. Yeah. Whereas as it turns out, we've managed to escape. Not just escape. We've come out with everyone with the heads up. The crowd was absolutely amazing. The atmosphere was as good was as good an atmosphere as we've had in in derbies. Mm-hmm. We've gotten players who were out of form back into form, and at the same time, like four, three or four lads have just walked out the out of the treatment room and straight back onto the subs bench. So you turn around and you're bringing these lads back on. It's like yeah. we, it was the last possible moment to kind of fix it. We'll talk Newcastle a bit later on in the mm-hmm. show, but in terms of like. That that we talk about that point of no return a lot. It might be too. It might well be too late for top four, but at least might not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. It's a six points at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it gives us a chance to attack what's remaining for the season, regardless, doesn't it? Because you're right. I think a defeat last night would have been so damaging for our morale, but also the squad's morale. To Steve's point about confidence, because they were low on confidence. But what we did really well in the build-ups this week, and I mentioned this to you this morning, was we changed the messaging around a lot of what was coming out. I think Allison spoke earlier in the week of his Jurgen Klopp in his press conference. He was a bit more sort of forthcoming about the confidence and what we've instilled in the camp and Salah spoke after the game about a good week in training we haven't heard a lot of that positive message and that reinforcement coming out and it was all there it was all on display last night and it showed on the game as well and it was the perfect night because you mentioned Gakpo getting his goal Salah confidence booster players coming back from injury as well I think Moreover, for me, with the Fabinho and the Henderson point, yes, they needed a good performance for their own confidence and their own belief that they can still do it at this level. But I just think it's more of a physical thing with them. I think allowing them to get some fuel back in the tank was more important than anything else because so much of their game, in particular Henderson, relies on him being able to do that extra hard yard. He did it with Jordan Pickford early on last night and it almost instilled belief into himself that he could do it. And I think that is more important than anything moving forward. We can't keep saying to Henderson, go, go, go because he can't do it anymore I don't think he can do it anymore so we still have to be careful with him but what that meant last night was like I said we can move forward from this point and that could be a benchmark to go from yeah and, and tell him as well we bring Milner on for that for Henderson as well don't we you know Minutes. just making sure you've got another leader on, on the yeah, pitch yeah, yeah. someone who's going to go no this is the this is the standard for entry and people will see that it, it go back to the wider thing about transfers and players that you need to be bringing in etc etc mm-hmm. but so now these are the players they've got. The players we've got need to step up to the plate. Andy Robbo did it as well. The leadership yeah, figure. Exactly. He, he was he was unbelievable yeah, and laughing in Jordan Pickford's face. It's just uh, sensational. That's exactly how you deal with that clown. Just laughing his yeah. face. You know. Man, I said remember Sam Aldice when that Swansea lad died and he just had to laugh and that and that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. It caused it caused a bit of a riot and I, I loved you know on the riot thing I loved the fact that like. All the lads were over there, like the subs, Costas is in there and Van Dyke's in there. And it was weird because it, it seemed to it come from nothing really. It was Co- Connor Cody Connor gets Cody, involved, yeah. the, the, trying to make up for the fact that he just dummied one for our goal, um, <laughs> the big table wall. And then, and then, he's, and then like, but I love it. I've had that like all the bench are down there, Darwin's down there giving it the two nil because again, it, when you're losing and everyone's like, you look, you're looking at everyone going, 
you know, I, I might need to look after myself here, blah, blah. But no, we, we were all in this together kind of thing. You know, I, mean? I, yeah. I really enjoyed that moment where, again, it, and it was the bench. And, it, like, the, you see, the, the coaches are down there, the assistants, Anana's losing his shit and everyone's laughing at him. I thought that was a really telling moment in the game, really, because, I, I, but no one did anything stupid hmm. to get yourself sent off. You just made Everton make a show of themselves and laughed at them, but stuff for your mates as well. Yeah. Van Dijk just throwing lads around and stuff. It was, it was excellent. They've ended up being that galvanising force because that's the thing about the sense of pride. You know, like you can't you can't go lose to Everton. You know, it's, it's embarrassing losing to Leeds, and it's been embarrassing losing to God, God knows how many games Everyone. we've lost this season. All the games we've lost this season in their own way. <coughs> but that was it. It's like, well, that, that what are you good or are you actually shit? It's like, are you gonna? Are you, is everything everyone from outside saying is that true? Or have you got a bit of professional pride? Mm. Yeah, okay, well, what's the problem? You know, they talk about being really open and honest with each other after the game. And one, I wouldn't, I'd love to know what those home truths were. Like, what came out? What were they able to say to each other that maybe had been, like, bubbling under the surface that had gone unsaid that was maybe in a way a little bit at, at the camp? And the two days off as well. Good management. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I try that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, two games a week coming up, lads. Finally, to be honest yeah, with you, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sick of these international breaks every midweek. It feels like <laughs> it's horrendous, especially after a loss or something. Like, this is going to be good now because you can dwell on a derby for a few days and stuff. But no, it's been horrendous not having midweek footy. Yeah, looking forward to it. Just, just a little matter of Real Madrid next week. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I want to move things forward because I, I, weirdly the timing of this kind of does coincide with a lot of the themes we discussed about that around like kind of being able to kind of put things to, to, to bed and what have you. But obviously the um, report into the Champions League final and the chaos that ensued around that has come out. I've got this from the BBC leaked. article. Yeah, yeah, it was leaked, which is, I mean, it tells you everything you need to know again about that fucking, I'll, I'll shit you for that. Um, just to read some of the headlines from the BBC article around it, and UEFA bears primary responsibility for the chaotic scenes that almost led to disaster for Liverpool's Champions League final between... Uh, uh, against Real Madrid says an independent report fans were penned in and tear gassed outside uh, Paris' Stade de France as kickoff was delayed by 36 minutes it is remarkable no one lost their life said the report um, the report says there is no evidence to support reprehensible claims from UEFA and French authorities who blame ticketless fans for the events the panel concluded that UEFA as event owner bears primary responsibility for failures which almost led to disaster all stakeholders interviewed by the panel have agreed that this situation was a near miss a term used when an event almost turned into a mass fatal, a fatality catastrophe. Um, again, it, it's important to, re- to reference again these things that Liverpool fans are, are, have been exonerated again by all of this. Uh, Liverpool mm-hmm. have come out and obviously the, the steps that have been recommended that need to be put in place, UEFA seem to be dragging their heels on this stuff and there's been a couple of things where they've tried to play some sneaky games around this of, of having certain things, certain anonymity added into the reports, which initially was meant, everything was meant to be made public after this, wasn't it? All the investigation, all the interviews and everything. And UEFA have played some sort of clever sort of shadow games here, which has led to certain segments of it being redacted in the French Football Federation about the same. So and again, it's a lot of big authorities trying to cover their own backs rather than shouldering responsibility. But from our perspective, Chris, the most important thing is and it bears, you know, screaming from the rooftops. We all knew it at the time. It's not Liverpool fans' fault. If it wasn't for the positive actions of Liverpool fans, 
there's a very real chance that people actually would have died at that event. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think everybody did know it at the time, but I think it's important that it doesn't take around 27 years to prove that fact this time. Mm. Um, I think there was Liverpool fans owe, owe a debt of gratitude to the likes of you know, Joe Blot from Spirits of Shankly, I think, in the aftermath. Dan Austin's done mm. an incredible job. Ted the Red's done an unbelievable job as well. And there's so many more people that have worked tirelessly from Liverpool's side, but also the journalists that were on the ground in the uh, on the day them themselves and the day and the day surrounding Paris I think you know is it Caver from Sky Sports who Henry did Solicole. and Henry Winter as well Henry Winter was absolutely really brilliant yeah. there was a Daily Mail writer Rob Draper, wasn't Rob it? Draper yeah. who did absolutely. a brilliant there's so many journalists who wanted to get to the truth of the matter then and there and it's that urgency from the journalists and from everybody who went to Paris that I think has enabled this to happen so quickly because if there was no urgency from the journalists and they weren't talking about it I think it just gets brushed under the carpet also, again unfortunately I also think the era we live in you can't get away with things when there's video proof like well there nearly was well there wasn't uh, you know f- thankfully we've got the mobile phones that, because that, they, that, they literally yeah. would have got it went the cctv would have dis- we know what we know this game we've, we've been down this road before it's not a coincidence that the report comes out two hours before the main sad derby as well by the way yeah, do not do. for one second think i don't think in any way that is a coincidence they're not they know what they're doing um which is abhorrent in itself really but the 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 main things that I took from it, like I say, is that if it wasn't for Liverpool fans, other Liverpool fans would have died, mm-hmm. and that's that just goes without without saying. Um, but not only the scenes before the game, the scenes after the game as well, where the the police and again I, I know you guys know this more than me, you were caught up in it, which which is horrendous. But like just watching people get robbed, I heard Paddy the Baddy speaking about it recently. And he was like, I was just I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. There was just people, the police would just stand and watch. Like, all this, we all knew it was going on, but what happens is, and it's because, A, everyone hates us, so automatically no one gives a fuck. So we have to stand up for ourselves because no one else is doing it for us. There's still people that even read comments on some of the things. Mm. It's still a, it's still, it's the same shite that we've been listening for the last 30 years is still being peddled again. Oh, it's always Liverpool, blah, 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 blah. Well, this time, actually, it's uh, the French authorities, UEFA, and the world of football in general, I lucky it was Liverpool because Liverpool fans, having been there before, there was a lot of people who knew how to deal with this kind of situation. We knew a, well, I say we, people who were there, I apologise, people who they realised how to not make what happened, their mistakes, and also we're not going to let this slide. We are, mm. we know what you are going to try and do. We've been down. We're going to deal with it because if say, say City had got there or Man United or Chelsea or Spurs or whoever. It could have been a different. It could have been. It could have been a different it would have story. Been, you know, there's psychologists and doctors saying that it was that understanding of Liverpool's history and yeah. the closeness and people who were actually at Hillsborough. It, it enabled the rest of the fan base and, and all the fans that were there to react accordingly. So I think with any other fan Bit base, there would have been yeah. there would have been deaths. And you know, in some regards, I'm thankful that it was. Well, I am thankful that it was Liverpool that went through it in that regards. But also being put in that position by the people who were supposed to look after you mm. is, is terrible. I wanna sorry, Paul, one of the things I can't get my head around, right, from all of this, is that they, they obviously scapegoated Liverpool fans going in. But they scapegoated Liverpool fans going in. Now, was it twenty sixteen that report came back and cleared Liverpool fans of Hillsborough? Mm-hmm. So they'd had six years to fucking digest that information that Liverpool fans aren't hooligans. Even if they were just mm. like, how have they, how have they done that? It's Why have they done that? It's, it's a shift in blame. Because yeah. Liverpool arrests throughout Europe, where we go, we've been to European finals. What happened to Kiev? 
Absolutely fucking yeah, nothing. Right, yeah, yeah. What happened at Madrid? Absolutely fucking nothing. What happened in Paris? Nothing that was our fault. Yeah. And yet you went off a fan culture from 40, 30 to odd years honest, ago. I, I, I also think it was the Euros where they've seen what happened at Wembley. And, and that's get, the problem. You is you're tired, tired, tired of the English brush, yeah, aren't you? And listen, don't be wrong. There's, there's fans of every team who go, I've been abroad and seen not badly. Everyone's but seen the, it, but this the, is the different. The Panorama documentary covered this. And, yeah. the, and, yeah. and I, I don't, don't want to... This is not a quote because there's exact numbers around this, so I'm paraphrasing slightly. But it was along the lines of a hundred names were given as like a list of people that needed closer attention, and that actually wasn't hooligans. That was actually people who had disabilities and you know people who who needed extra more than just they can just go to a city, commute as a no, you know as normal and get it. They need they need special attention. Mm. That's a variety for a variety of cases, and you're talking about people talking about like the. 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 Liverpool fans who turned up, it is a fractional percentage of people who who, who merited that kind of, uh, any extra attention. It's also worth mentioning. For a, variety, for a variety of reasons. And it came down to it, it's the relationship the French police have with football, A, with football fans, mm. but also with locals and how they how they handle policing in those environments. And Liverpool walk, Liverpool fans walked into it. It's like walking into a conversation or an argument. You're in the middle of it. And we were the ones who got digged. It's like trying to break up a fight in town. And you're the one who ends up on, on, on the floor as a result. This is an ongoing thing. It, had, it almost had nothing to do with us. But you had a police force who was spoiling for a fight because that's how they're trained to deal with those situations. And, and the thing that got hurt me most about the whole thing, and I think this is one of the hangovers that people haven't truly discussed even now, is that like going to football matches now, I thought we'd reached a point now where... I could introduce my kids more and more to footy, and I could introduce, you know, I mentioned before, I took my wife to the FA Cup semi final. We had a brilliant day. It was such a good time. She came to the final, and it, you know, she basically never wants to go to France again, let alone, you know, go to football games, you know, in, in those kind of environments. And that's one of the most damaging aspects. And we're just, we're fine. We'll get over it. We'll get on with our lives. But what happened is you had, you had Hillsborough survivors who were at that game. Mm. There's talk of people who who killed themselves after the fact because it brought up the traumas of all this, and that's all. That's a, that's a fucking football match, and it gets lost that because we, we we don't we don't want to be treated we don't want to be treated as customers because we think of ourselves as more than that because we're football fans, but in, but we are, and no consumer in any other business would be allowed to be treated yeah, spot on. that way. And that's the, the the fucking biggest fucking problem we've got with that. It's just football fans are just treated like cow mm. and animals every how, single how time. Can you, how can you allow as you how can you allow a stadium to be not fit for purpose for your showcase event? Five years in whatever you need to do, you need to make sure it's. But it wasn't though, was on. it? That was the problem. Is that it, they are, their excuse was it was three months, which is fine. We're not then. Don't take it on. Yeah, they like, host big like, events all the time. Sorry, yeah. they host big events this all is the, the problem. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you get something, a game gets delayed, or you get an FA Cup where you get a replay, it just gets done. Mm. Like, it's maybe a week later. Than that. More than that. Yeah, 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 but like we're talking, you can do an FA Cup replay. No, I'm, in a sorry, week. I'm saying this is more of a problem than we had three months planning. This was a lot deeper than that. Of this was, was horrendous yeah, mismanagement. It was bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it was the three months thing was absolute bullshit. The issue they've got, though, is that. 
there were issues not long after, weren't there? Was it was there a rugby game? A rugby game, game yeah, just yeah. After, yeah. And there's talk about this. The concert, wasn't there a rap concert? Yeah, there's, there's yeah. like the rugby's coming up, are they saying? And, the, and yeah, there's well, the, the Olympics, Olympics coming up as well. well. Olympics as well. And the, the problem you've got, though, is that, and you'll see this, it, it, it won't be noticeable until it's too late because the Champions League final is such a big deal. So there's going to be a greater number of people who just go, oh, fuck it, I'll just, you know, I'll go and bunk in. I'll go and have a go, uh, I'll go. And that's what happened with the, the, the Euros final at Wembley. Mm. You know, if England hadn't been there, there wouldn't be an issue. But there's a lot of people who were just swept up in the whole, and this is not defending it in any way, shape or form. But this, but you've got to be prepared for that. It's These these things are different. They're bigger, than more. There needs to be greater security put it, in place. We, you know, the, the, our pre-ticket checks was those... Like thin metal barriers that you see, you know, when they're plugged into the con- the concrete blocks, mm-hmm. and there was a, a handful of effectively stewards, and you know, and we'll, stewards get a lot of stick, but they're, they're minimum wage paid people with no power whatsoever. They're effectively a step above volunteers when it comes to actually, you know, safeguarding people at, at, at events. And there was just thousands of people, and again, we I nearly got pickpocketed there. You had people jumping the turnstiles, and then all of a sudden the police arrived and the charging people. It was it was a fucking shambles. But we went, you know, we there was loads of people turned up in Basel. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And you got nowhere near the ground because it was set up because they they were aware this is what happens on these stage big events. There are going to be fans coming on mass, but also there's going to be loads of additional interest in it. Today, that's like hundred thousand people there. And you got you couldn't get near it. And the the, the worrying thing for me, moving things forward, is like what happens now because there's got to be some accountability, whether yeah. it be in the French government, the French police, UEFA. Like your own independent regulation or whatever it is has found out you with the problem. Like in any other job, something happened about that. What, what's what, what what's going to happen? Not that that's my worry now going forward. Is that 
what 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 next? What what? what Have you read Liverpool's statements on this? Billy Hogan. I watched Billy Hogan's video. He speaks very well about it. And to be fair, I actually think Liverpool have done well. You know, constantly asking questions, and he condemned the report being leaked they in the first place. The they, 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 yeah, yeah they, all that kind of stuff. I think Liverpool. And I, I know, I know people who've been personally contacted by Liverpool to ask for their stories, and I don't know if you guys were with. They're asking people to send stories in and stuff like that. But something's got Liverpool are right. Something's got to come for this. Something's got to come. You can't just go yet, yeah, soz. Like no, no, something's got to, something's got to come with this. What happens if in five years' time we're at another Champions League final? Can you promise us as UEFA that you've done your due diligence this year? If we get to Istanbul again, can you promise us that we're the stadium safe? Can you prom uh, 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 all these different type of things? Because it's their event that they're ultimately responsible for. It doesn't matter if it's their stadium or not. They they are in charge. And the last, the, the, a Euros final was unsafe, mm. and a Champions League final was now unsafe. And there's only three months to go until the next Champions League final. They, yeah. and they're UEFA's so we know they struggle yeah. with that time scale. They're, they're UEFA's headline, two headline events that they've had to manage in, in recent in recent years, and they've both been a shambles. And they're lucky no one died at both of them. How can you trust them again? Like what? Something's got to change. Something's got to give. And if it doesn't, then what, what's all this for? Then we just we're just going. Oh yeah, it's our, it was our fault. So we'll just crack on. Mm. Like. In any other walk of life, there'd be resignations, there'd be sackings, there'd be firings, there'd be all kinds. That's what that's what's got to come next for me. Yeah, yeah. Just you just don't know. Who, 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 and none of us know what, how that ha- how that happens. And again, this goes back to the problem of being football fans of having to understand. We shouldn't have to. Yeah, we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have legislation to at the highest levels of uh, uh, highest levels of football. But it, the point is that UEFA will have to do something because it won't. But we won't let this lie. No. You know, the, the, this will, con- will there will continue to be pressure on this because somebody needs to be held held responsible and, and, and action actively needs to be taken. And again, Liverpool hopefully will continue to, to press on with press on with this and and seek that those step next steps are taken. They just tweeted a minute ago. Liverpool is a notification about twenty one recommendations that have come out from this, so they are pushing ahead. Which is boss to say. I just want to say as well before we wrap up on the subject. Um, Layla Wright as well, the BBC Panorama yeah. documentary. Credit to her because another one of those people, the brilliant people who really. Really weren't going to let this lie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do go and seek out that panorama if you want to know a little bit more about it. And we had Layla in the, the studio not long in the week building up to it as well. Yeah, who absolutely did a, a stunning job on it. Absolutely stunning. It's a as with all these things that it, it's not it's, an easy watch. It's not. It's no. not an easy it's watch. Not supposed at all. to be. No, it's it, it's meant to be. It's meant to be hard. And again, people don't. Some people will. Some people want to be educated. There's loads of ways to educate yourself. To do it. There's plenty of people who don't. Uh, and that's the problem with all of this. Is Isn't that you're right? This is why we're still seeing. Hillsborough stuff. But look, we saw it. Sorry, it's the head of the derby where the Merseyside police put the mm. tweets out saying like anyone who's using always the victim and murders and all that. And then you had the inevitable response of, "Hey, it's not about Hillsborough." And also, what about the Star Bucharest stuff? And I'll be honest, I don't understand that enough to know what that that about. But I know that's a big chicken, but that's clearly a, 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 a return. Not nice. Not nice. Enough is my no. general understanding of it. But again, it always becomes. The tribalism. What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Like, okay, cool. Why don't we focus on this? stopping it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's 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 focus on this for now. Let's stop this, and then when we want something else, we can stop. Or what? Yeah. Just univers- universally accept not being bellends around the you know the safety of other human beings and their lives, and crack on with just the footy. You know? Isn't it funny how quickly things can be brought to light when the journalists are on your side? Yes. Mm, Compared absolutely. to thirty years ago, when the mainstream media jumped on the bandwagon and there were two sides to take and they chose to take the authorities and the police and all those that's how cover-ups happen 
fair play to everyone who was there who go no 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 we're not like no and and they were in they were in similar similar outlets or right whatever you want to call like mainstream media or didn't that matter kind of what outlet the journalist worked for the journalist was at the heart of the story yeah exactly it didn't matter and, and, yeah. and, and they were willing to do it and they did it and they, that's how that's how things happen cover ups happen when you got the media on your side so credit to all those people who, who were like no no you're hard, that, that is wrong and there's loads of them which half helps you know or yeah. like there was ex Liverpool legends being pulled out of crowds because they were getting squat like. But that didn't, if, if no one bothers reporting on it, or nobody, like you mentioned, all the great people, Chris and Dan, before mm. as well. If not for them, this would have, we, we'd have, we'd have been us again. It'd have been us against mm. the world again. And we know that battle's hard to win. So, yeah, like, right. I think it, it just goes to show when, like, it, when, if there's people on the ground who are, who are willing to put their name to something, it, 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 it does it does have an well, impact. Football's changed since the eighties for the better, and it, you know we're here we're here now because of the tragedies that happened in and around football in the eighties. You know stadiums had to get safer. There was a gentrification of the sport in general, which meant that you know like less terracing, less fencing, more family friendly. You know we've been critical of that because there was a, an idea that you maybe lost a bit of edge or atmosphere to the, to the football or whatever but this is where we're at the Champions League is the result is the knock-on effect of all that it's a, an over-glamorisation of, of the game all the money got pumped into it's all about celebrity and it's all about big name things and what did they do they allowed all those fucking celebrities and stuff to get to get caught up in it well that's not that and, and it's sad but that's the knock-on effect of it you can't have both ways. You can't have it be this glamorous thing where you know it's a showpiece, the crown jewel of the of the sporting world, where all the biggest eyes are on it, and then treat people like subhuman scum who go to it because we're all you're all in the same stadium. Try as you might, people are going to get swept up in it. That was why I was ultimately a fucking shambles. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, do do uh, stay tuned to what Liverpool are doing because again, you're right, they're, they're conducting themselves and they have conducted themselves brilliantly uh, throughout all this, and there'll be there'll be helplines and what have you if anyone wants to talk around the stuff. So check out the Liverpool official Liverpool website. Um, right, we're going to take a very short break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to see if there's anything outside of this, I guess, for any rant, uh, and then we're going to be looking ahead to Newcastle United as well. Hey guys, how would you like to get your hands on this? It is a 13-14 Liverpool home shirt signed by former Reds defender Martin Skirtle. If you want to be in the prize draw to win this very shirt, all you got to do is head on over to redmenplus.com and sign up as a Club Legend subscriber. You'll get access to all that amazing content, both in video and podcast form. But yeah, by signing up as a legend, you get loads of added perks and benefits as well. One of which is entry into the monthly prize draw. And at the end of February, we were doing that draw and giving away this, yeah, Martin Scale signed shirt. Make sure you're in the hat, redmenplus.com and become a Club Legend today. Yeah, get yourself in the draw for a signed Martin Skittle uh, 13-14 Liverpool shirt uh, by joining as a club legend over on RedmenPlus.com. That is this month's competition. Um, Agony Rant, anyone got anything Liverpool-related, football-related? Our medical department. Still, I know we've got players back, right? But what is going on with our medical... Calvin Ramsey signs as a perfectly fit human being. <laughs> Never been injured in his life, it seems, at Aberdeen. Played really well for them all. I know Scottish Premiership, whatever. But played really well, always fit, always available. Comes to Liverpool, constantly injured. Another long-term injury. Ben Doak last week injured. It's just a conveyor belt of injuries at the minute at Liverpool. And Maybe they're lonely. 
I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. I like, just want people to talk to. I mean, we know it's been a little that's bit. That's the case. Yeah, 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 maybe everyone's just jumping into the, the, the fitness room. Together. Unless he's like a really boss guy, the doctor, and everyone just wants to be in there. Yeah. Well, be in his company, yeah, good vibes. <laughs> just having a vibe, yeah. yeah. We have got one now, haven't we? Appointed one, yeah, but it's been a bit all over the place, and that's probably part of the problem. Tiago, really, another one. Yeah, maybe. Just, I mean, I'm not constant. sure. I, I mean, the fact that Chris mentioned it before, Tiago's literally played like every minute of every game for the last since we come back from the from like the world. Driving Cup. your car up and down the motorways I, and then wondering why your tires are bald. Yeah, no, but I saw people going, "Oh, Tiago," and I'm like, "He's played a lot of football." It was coming. More yeah, than yeah, he's played. Coming, yeah, 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 you know, it's I, 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 I. My, I know that he's not going to play. I've accepted long because he's not going to play 50 games a season for us. But he had that injury at the start of the season and he's come back and he's played loads. And now he's, I know he's, it could be a month that he's out for. That's not great. But like, people get, people, even people get injuries, don't they? Mm, you know what I mean? And, and particularly him. <laughs> but yeah, but the fact is, like, I think there's an idea that he gets in, he's like Nabi Cater or something where he gets injured every two games, whereas he doesn't. He has like 10 or 15 and then he'll go out for then he'll go out for a few and then you'll have another good spell out of him. Yeah, the difference was with Cater really is he could get injured seemingly doing anything. Didn't yes. matter how much or little football he played. Whereas Tiago, it's kind of a gradual process. You can almost see it happening in front of your very eyes, thinking, ah, you've played too many minutes. You yeah. at some point we're gonna get a little Paul Joyce notification and you're gonna be injured. <laughs> and lo and behold, there it was. So yeah, it's just like it's a positive sort of reflection on my mood and how good we were last night that my only agony rant is a bit of loose-based medical department because Calvin Ramsey's injured. So things are okay. Yeah. I mean, we sat, they discovered a stress fracture in his back after signing him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the medical's for, and that's why we should have had a doctor at the time. Yeah, doesn't help. And he's had about three or four since then. Now he's out with a long-term injury. That's have all seen the, the plan for Curtis Jones that was um, don't play football? <laughs> Because he's got this, he's got this, he's got this a similar thing in his leg or something. I don't know, Liverpool man. I fans who like that, I get it. But I still, I, I, I think there must be a better treatment around for a footballer than just you know you're allowed to play, but just we have to manage your minutes and your training this and your like games. That's not, that's not a solution. That is like, yeah, I've got to leak him. I've got to leak him his ceiling, so I'm just going to put a bucket on the floor and catch the water. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what your job is. Your job is to make it better, not just catch the water and throw the cup away every, every this two hours. This has got like, all the hallmarks of Edge getting retired from the WWE and Curtis Jones coming back in 20 years to headline like the fucking WrestleMania <laughs> of football or something. It's going to be amazing when he's 40. <laughs> He's him, but it's mad for him because it's basically shin splints, isn't it, along those lines that he's got. Yeah. It's not far. It's, it's a similar thing. and you, you, There's just nothing you can do. You, you, you could, that just could be the end of his career. You know, that happened to Rob Jones, didn't it? Like, you know, mm. it's just, if they're not careful with him, that'll be a major thing. I, I, feel, I do feel sorry for him. I think there's some things where there's clearly, it's clearly very intense what we do in the training pitch, isn't it? You know, Klopp talks about the training intense. They train like mm. they play. Like, yeah. Fuck that, but... You're right. If I my solution is that I, I just presume there's just some sort of like hoodoo been, <laughs> been put over us because Kirby's yeah, built on like a yeah. ancient burial ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Grobbler's been back at it like, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah. something. It just seems just constant. It's just a constant conveyor. But it's never like we get some players back the last couple of weeks. And you think, oh, boss, yeah, but then that's caveated by oh, there's a couple more injuries. Do you think you're getting away with that? Our players, in, no, our no, injury no. room is like Royal Rumble in a Chris. Is yeah. that every 60 seconds or someone two minutes you get someone in? Point, yeah. Sometimes no one gets thrown out. But three lads could be getting thrown <laughs> yeah, out yeah. the second they slide under that bottom, <laughs> yeah, that's that's bottom row. Yeah, Can I move another agony rant? I'm not sure about this LeBron James oh, stuff, yeah. you know. 
No, I mean, yeah. Just, I don't know. I don't like the vests. Yeah, but are you, 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 I, here's the thing. Nobody really, I don't know who looks the, good. The vests are, vests. it's, it's not the vest that's supposed to look good. It's your arms. Yeah, that'll yeah. do. I'm, do you know what I mean? It, 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 it doesn't matter what the vest looks like. Don't wear a vest. Don't wear a top. What your arms look like? Don't wear a top then. No, no, but like don't charge people eighty quid for it. <laughs> Just wear a top. If we're going topless in like public situations, isn't ideal. Yeah. There are just some people who suit those better because I think it's fine. That the basketball top shirt. Do you uh, like the, no, but even just the design of it. I don't mind. I genuinely. Think they're all shit. I think they're all alright. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I don't even like his logo. His logo's the real crux of the issue. The LJ Castle thing. Someone could have come from <laughs> better. Than I, yeah, it's not great, is it? An eighty quid. I know. I know. We didn't just want to copy Michael Jordan, but he should have just copied Michael <laughs> Jordan. We said this too that we did. We like Shaq. Shaq's basically got like an outline of him dunking a basketball. Yeah. I mean, I know then you're then the third person to have it or whatever. But it could have been. He likes doing that thing. With, he likes doing that thing with the chalk, doesn't he? Before the game, like throwing the chalk. that could have been his logo, couldn't it? Rather than this like Jesse Lingard rip off thing with the fucking thing. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's crap. That. Yeah, that's Look, good. Like, listen, that's a good agony run to have because last last week it was four hours of us yeah. complaining. So yeah, it's amazing what we're a derby does. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I think generally I'm doing okay. I said I've become quite laissez fair about the footy. I, I try my best to like not have it take me down with it, um, and eventually trusting that Liverpool would get it right because I think going on the overlap help or hinder this. I fucking hell like I. I, <laughs> I, I was only ma- the only reason I, w- I ended up happy being there is because Steve McInerney has to turn up and talk about Man City, um, and I because I didn't want to go on there and they, and they missed the major opportunity there because they sat me next to Baz and they could have put me in like the relegation section for a laugh <laughs> and that would have been I genuinely would have tipped me hat to the comedy of all that but it was a bit like we've gone from chasing quadruples and me go rocking up on there with like we're going to Champions League final t-shirts and being like shit eating grin to being like yeah our best players our only good players an 18 year old kid (laughs) off the academy and and all this kind of stuff but yeah Twitter was nice to you as well always yeah definitely (laughs) yeah loves me that (laughs) Uh, what what happened on Twitter just in general oh right (laughs) you weren't nice at all just in general um, what did he say nothing that's the point it's just there's some people who just don't like ball at the moment Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is funny. Sorry. I hope you will. There's a lot of anti-scouse racists as, as well. Not everyone, but there's a lot. I've discovered on the internet, there's a lot of people who don't so like DM scouse Liverpool like, Liverpool fans. A Liverpool fan scout DM me called me a bin dipper the other day. Yeah. That's probably way of acting. Yeah, Some A Liverpool fan. Oh, right. Yeah, supposedly. Well, she said he is, yeah. Called me a bin dipper on the, on the Twitter, which was um, which was interesting. But yeah. yeah. Something yeah. not right there, is there? I mean, fair enough. Yeah. You be you, mate. You be well, you. we said this, this is just a that's the thing, and it will remain the thing until Liverpool win a few games. I don't want to give it too much more oxygen because Liverpool win some games, everyone will calm down about it. There's a lot of people who go, who are dying on single issues, and it, that's like a player performance. So there's people dying on the Thiago Hill, and there's people dying on the Harvey Elliott Hill, and the slightly bigger hill with probably a few more people on it, but not loads still. I will die on this this hill um the fsg out hill and there's, there's loads and there's the peplinders hill and Mate, then I was the, on the andreas cormeyer hill i was on the, the top fucking... of the fabinho hill i, I had the fucking flag yeah, I, was like, I was like i was the king of the fabinho slander for a while so but I do just... and don't forget mount injuries oh god that's yeah. fucking huge that's... <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's actually a no big chasm that is there's mount mason mount sign yeah. as well people are not people are mount mount. Mount, mount mount out yeah the mount mount's not yeah. an idea but everything is everything is eased by liverpool being more like liverpool and i think what what it showed that you know 
Chloe's been talking about it, the aways and how the away support, even when we've been crap, has remained really sort of vocal and really supportive, you know, because that's the idea, isn't it? The team lose <coughs> and you go, oh, you fucking dickheads. All right, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Here's your clap. Sing a little song at you. Be be better again next week, you wankers. <laughs> and um, you know, and that's 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 really as far as it goes. When you've got a team that's as good and as, and I know people have issues with the squad, but again, for context, it's still miles better than some of the absolute shite we've had, and we supported that as well because mm-hmm. that's just what you do with your footy team and you can't unfortunately get rid of all of them and get a fresh load in it doesn't work it doesn't work like that no one does that even if we had bottomless pit of Chelsea owners desperately but even still they're chock full of random random lads aren't they you know um right okay cool I haven't got an Aggie rant this week you know and which is really unusual but like Liverpool were just so good last night that you just mm. don't I just don't feel like the need for one what I will say and it's not an agony rant but it's it's more like why don't we do what we did last night with the flags and stuff every fucking game yeah like sure. that that was just brilliant and it was like it was everything I needed as a fan to just be in the ground, just see all of those flags, see everyone with their scarves out and stuff. It was just perfect. And seeing Jürgen Klopp in the press conference talking about how he needed us with them and, and then seeing that He's and then uh, and then just him giving us the fucking stuff at the end, the fist bumps at the end. It was the perfect game in that regard. Yeah. Did you remember you say to you like um don't wear your coat inside because you won't feel the benefits. Yeah. Wonder well. if, like, if every day was a flag day, would you feel the benefits of flag day? It's, the, it's a bit like the coach thing. I disagree on it. On the, on the cop, because the co- it's like... 15 minutes before the game kicks off and then it goes away you know what I mean I don't I don't, you don't think you can have too many flags or, or scarves or banners before a, before a game it makes the cop look as mm. vibrant as possible but, but the point is it could be every game because Spine Cop are there every game they've got a yeah. big load of flags but it, but it was good to remind I suspect it might, might not be quite as big in the next game but they'll be, but it'll be bigger than the game Real Madrid, that went Madrid, before yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the good thing about the derby was and what reignited it what you're talking about is we're very good in the, in the face of adversity, and when people go, you know, it's like nah. When we when when we as a fan base go, I'm sorry, but no, there's no fucking chance we're having this. And we did this against Barcelona, you know, mm. you know and the, the coach greetings for them, Man City coach greetings. Where you just go, sorry, what? Who the fuck are you? And what do you really think you're going to come into us and try and take this off us now? We're not we're not having you do that. And I, the, the the timing of the derby in mm. some regards was kind of perfect for it because I don't think you get that working against Southampton at home the fact that it was the derby and we, we could be the last one could be the last one <laughs> <laughs> um, right let's move things forward Newcastle at the weekend uh, Dan yeah it's all well and good beating Everton and all that our yeah. former Anfield's actually been okay mm-hmm. you know this season our away form is the absolute <laughs> worst um, Chris mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, huge game. Mm-hmm. It's not it, a win wouldn't put it top four back into our hands, but the way the fixtures have gone over the last couple of weeks, and the way they're going over the, the coming weeks, yeah. this is this next week from here on, week and a bit, is just pivotal for how we what the rest of our season is going to look like. Yeah, it's huge for for many reasons. Really, obviously, points on the board and sort of. Ugh clawing back that top four race is, is obviously massive. But also, 
to sort of back up what we did last night is also huge because we've had sort of individual performances as this season's gone on. The City one's obviously the standout. We've gone, oh yeah, that's what Liverpool look like. Let's just do that again. And we haven't been capable of doing so. So to go somewhere like Newcastle, that in you know, to credit them has been a bit of a fortress up there, St. James's Park. If we can double down on that performance and that result, then we will. I think the rest of the league then will kind of all start going, oh no, here come Liverpool again. Like we've seen this before. We've seen this time and time again. That's a side, that's a manager capable of going on these runs. Now we've all said it this season, oh, we can put a run together, but whether anyone's actually believed or not, I'm not quite sure because it hasn't looked to be the case. If we can go up to Newcastle and like I say, put a performance in, get the right result, then I think we all start believing actually who knows what we're capable of between now and the end of the season because we've got it in us to do it there's no doubt about it and on a more sort of basic level with Newcastle I actually think their season is not stalling but they haven't been as good the last few weeks and obviously a bit of cup final light bit of cup final light yeah they've got that round the corner which is huge for them the fan base know it's huge for them they'd rather the cup than top four I'm absolutely adamant of it and also they've got Bruno missing a couple of things just aren't quite clicking for them so if we can go there and like I say be ourselves and do what we do best then yeah who knows what we can do I mean we're the only team who's beat them so far. They've had I think they've had thirteen goals in the league all season. Mad, they're, they're yeah. a tough, it's a tough game. A point's a good result. I know it's difficult because we are playing catch up. It's not a great result because we are because again enough, we're playing catch up. I don't mm. know, mate. That's it's a tough game. It really is. And yeah, again, they've lost one game and they don't concede goals. Eddie Howe's done an amazing job. Um, he's he's had money to spend. Don't get me wrong, but he spends it wisely. Or pretty much all of it's gone well. I think you're right about Bruno being a, is a big miss. There's a couple of injuries, question marks on yep. as well. You, we are probably getting Newcastle at a good time in terms of everything that's going on. I say a few injuries, few suspensions. There is a, a league, the, you know, the biggest game in there, what, last decade or so? The modern era, really. Yeah, maybe more, you know, yeah. A chance to win a cup final for them. So it might work out well for us. It's... But it is going to be tough. There's a lot yeah, of... There are teams to play against. There's a lot of 50-50s to be won psychologically for Liverpool in that game when you're a week out from their first cup yep. final yes. God knows how long. Yeah, no one wants to get injured, do they? That's what, that's what it comes down to. But for me, I, I, I don't think a point's a good result for us. I, I no. really don't. I think you've got to go and win this game now. And Listen, I think if we weren't nine points behind with a game in hand, I could agree with that. Yep. But yeah. like, mentally what it does to you where Liverpool are breathing down your neck, sort of like what you were talking about mm. a minute ago, it's like, right, I know we... In the past, three points has always been given for a game in hand with this Liverpool side. It doesn't quite work like that at the moment. I think, you know, you're having to work for it. But it is a genuine six-pointer in the race for fourth place. And if we win it, we are back into it and everyone around us is shit. Mm. So there's a genuine possibility of us getting Yeah, into I, I just meant more sorry in the context of them as what they've done it's to only, everybody else. Look, you know again, what I mean? You're in talking the about the, the, league, wide, the yeah. wider context of, like, from here on out. So if you remember, we in that final running in the COVID season, we did we draw against Leeds right at the start of that. That was after Super League stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. but then we won. Did we win eight of the last ten or something? Mm. You know, that was it seemed like crap at the time. But if you then go win every game that follows it because you've not lost, then it could prove to be a decent point. But right now, I I, I think the point is Liverpool just need to win some win some football. Then nine ahead of us, Andy, and we've got a game in hand. So my my thinking was if, if that if, could be three. But if you lose, it's twelve, and then that you're done for. So. You can't yeah. lose, yeah. but I don't. I don't think a draw really helps yeah. you in the race for fourth. Yeah, fair if enough. You, you've got to give yourself enough games to get over it because you've got to remember we're not going on a twelve. Game Liverpool need to go no. on it. So you've got to. You've got to have more games to yeah. do better in than them. You need to go in a t- on a ten game unbeaten run. I think. 
and I, and I, you don't need to win the next thing. It'd be lovely if we did. You need to stay unbeaten, and that's the only that's the only circumstance we're not losing to Newcastle. It would be fine because they will drop they will drop more points if just over over the next ten. If net you you can you can come, you can still come out on top of them over that over that spell. It's just how you write, how you psychologically bounce into Real Madrid and, mm. and, and, and beyond that. What's interesting for them, we reference it, obviously they got us at the weekend, by Man United the following weekend in the League Cup, the Brighton game, their Brighton game at home has been postponed because of that. Mm. So that's got to be fitted in somewhere. They then travel to Man City after it. So like their next sort of like, their next, what, it's next three game. games Same are really them. big. Yeah, really, really big in terms of what their ambitions are. They then got a bit of, a, a little bit of fodder in Wolves and, and well, not even Forest, actually. Not, not pushovers at the Fodder, moment. Fucking hell. Yeah, Wolves are improving as well. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ones who beat us. Um, United at home, Brentford. Some difficulties. They've got again. Then they've got Aston. Are they the away, ones we're looking at? in the top four races? Is it Newcastle? Only in terms. I, I think Man United at the moment are, are playing a, a grind and results out yeah, too well to, to, it's to worry about them. I just think it's Newcastle. They could they could well fall out of it. And if if they were to do so, and say they finish fifth or sixth, and I don't want to sort of belittle them or or be sort of sympathetic towards it, but they finish fifth or sixth and win that Carabao Cup final, that's a boss oh, season. That's, that's amazing. amazing yeah. And that's like I say, that's not sort of me being arrogant saying, oh, Liverpool should be in the South Ford, Newcastle shouldn't, far from it. No, but if I they're do... a small club that don't win Sophies <laughs> and don't get into the Champions League, be happy with what you've got. I've, uh, no, I, 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 them. I do think, <laughs> I do think that that is the spot that's up for grabs in inverted commas. If yeah, we can yeah. go on that, anything like a run, that's the place we can go and get. Yeah, I agree. Fingers crossed, 100%. yeah. Because again, there's, there is a bit of a, sort of pedigree of being there, doing it. You of know, course Liverpool yeah. have been in similar positions before, right? you know, last... They could do a Leicester. Now. They've been in there all season. The Leicester have done the last few years, haven't they? And all of a sudden, they fell off a cliff when the finishing line's in sight and they've gone, oh, that looks tough. What about them? They're, they're, they're better than them. They've, they've got 13 goals. Yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. so hard to play against. They've, they've lost one game and it was the last kick of a game in the 97th minute. Off. I mean, like, they are... The thing, they're right, the thing is, about it is they've drawn, what, 10 or something this season? They've drawn the last two in the league, haven't they? Maybe yeah, three. it's ridiculous. They, they, I, I, I got enough to say, but they, Some dodgy draws drawn 11. Well recently. Yeah, drawn yeah. 11. Drawn 11 games. It's it's insane. Like, how they are. It's one of those things where we talk about, like, you know, false positions in the league and all that. They're doing really well. They've played 22, won 10, drawn 11, lost one. They've drawn like, the last three league games, sorry, by the way. Uh, yeah. So it's Bournemouth, West Ham and Palace. They're, they're not great the draws then. Only just be full and with a last minute goal as well. Two so, goals like, in those three games, is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I know we can't talk because we've been crap, but they're not great draws. No, they're Kevin not Kevin Keegan form. will be fuming with all them draws as well. <laughs> yeah. not, he won't be happy with them. They're like. not in grief. They're not. They're not. They're not flying like they were when they were on that big win. That's the thing about draws, though, isn't it? Is that you're right. You've got it just to... keeps everything going. Yeah. It keeps everything ticking over in the right direction. And the clean sheet helps, doesn't it? Or tick, mm. like, well, like one goal. Either, Their you know, big like... challenge, and it's forever the thing, is to change, turn draws into wins, but draws equally, as we well know, turn into defeats just, just as easily in, in some regard. But you're right, 13 goals conceded is absolutely insane. Mm. Absolutely insane. But let's hope we can start to put them to the sword on that one and have a little bit of faith because, yeah, you know, if you can, if you can, if you can get a win there, and get a good result against Real Madrid that at least keeps it, you know, worst case scenario, keeps it competitive for the Bernabeu, then, you know, the season's alive. And yeah, you've got something to play for, you know, we're not going to win the league, <laughs> but it gives you something to look forward to every week. That was the most depressing thing about January last season, was when we were like, you know, nine or whatever points, and you think, well, we've got a lot of football here to play in the league, and it means nothing. We've never had that, had that before, really, where the league is completely and utterly 
pointless. Be nice to feel like it's a fight. Like you know, we we feel like we've got something to actually work towards. And okay, no open top buses for fourth in the league, but in terms of keeping the project going, and if we can somehow manage to engineer our way through a couple of rounds of the, the Champions League, you knock Real Madrid out. And if we if we can if we can get that form back and if we can keep some of the top lads fit, why not? Yeah, Why not? I was saying this yesterday before the, the derby, by the way, upstairs. If we somehow managed to get past Real Madrid, which I know is so easy to say, all of a sudden that entire Champions League draw just not opens up, but you look at it and go, well, half, why not? Who else? Like, yeah, who else? Who's next? Because PSG play Bayern Munich tonight, don't they? So one of them's going to go. You've got Napoli and City you'd probably like to avoid. It's a little bit further Barcelona down. But doing well, all of a sudden, it. yeah, but I, then... I, do you know what? I'd probably want to avoid Napoli more than City. I moment. agree. I absolutely Napoli. agree with that, by the way. Yeah, and I just feel like... It's, it's... The form teams in Europe, it's I'm, I'm really in it. It's, yeah. it's only Napoli, really. Yeah. There's no Barca or anything, and, is no there? Arsenal, no Arsenal, Arsenal, yeah. Just, I know we're talk, talking ahead of ourselves here, but if we did manage to get past them, I just look you're at it and go, one win against relegation, father, Sean, nice ball, Everton. You've one derby and all of a I've got a tattoo, but from in June. Can you fucking tattoo one game at a time on you then? Because I think we all need a little bit of that at the moment, don't we? Well, again, we said before, if you can't feel happy... You've got to enjoy the wins when they happen because you don't know when your next one's coming. I said yesterday, you mentioned before, like he said, Liverpool can go and run. They've done it before. You're right. Everyone in that top four race, even though we're crap, they're all, every one of them's got the, the rear view mirror on going. Got to keep an eye on Liverpool. Mm. We need to, like there'll be a lot of teams just hoping that Newcastle beat us and put it, and then they'll go right. Don't worry about them. Yeah. Now we're focused on chasing yeah. you down. There's a lot. Yeah, you've got to stamp on our heads because you, everyone does worry about it. Now that is history. That isn't the current Liverpool side, but with. Jota on the bench, Firmino on the bench, Van Dijk looks a back. lot like this. This Liverpool side on paper looks a lot like the Liverpool, Liverpool side that's done yeah, all yeah. them things, doesn't yeah. it? You know that's it's, the, it's, yeah. yeah. And again, okay, those I, I watched was having those three lads on the bench. So if you think about it in the next game, even if those three all played, then that means you've got massive goals back to the bench or Gomez, whatever. But then it means like you know Nunes could be on the bench or Gakpo could be on the bench. The squad is starting to fill out. Touch would like say keep fucking all of them fit, but. Well, there's a world thing where we've put the, we're bringing the best centre half in the world back into the team. Mm-hmm. You bring in a twenty goal a season forward back into your. Luis Diaz line. isn't miles away. Yeah, and you bring in Roberto Firmino as well, who's, who's Roberto Firmino is an absolute genius back into your team and and shock horror if Liverpool actually start to play a bit better and score a few more. goals. We're getting top four and winning the Champions League. I'll be honest. Anyone else excited? Right, sad. You should be because if you're not, then just. Crown green balls, give it up. honestly, give it up. Um, right, yes, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. That is the uh, the originals podcast. If you want to check us out, we're going to be doing our new bias football podcast. Um, pretty much after this, where we're going to heavily, <laughs> heavily show our bias against all football teams that aren't Liverpool um, over on Redmen Plus. Um, yeah, always good fun. We're going to be talking about um, Pep Guardiola, who has decided to just take a big old gallon of the uh, Man City Kool-Aid and tip it all over his head. He's in. He's all in. He's all in on their weird delusions, um, conspiracy theories and all that. He has apologised to Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, we're going to be talking about whether Arteta and Arsenal are bottling it or whether there is just a conspiracy against them with referees. Um, and we're going to be picking our um, bell end of the week and our grudging respect of the award of the week as well. And we might talk about the Champions League because I totally forgot it came back this week. Um, <laughs> if you want to join us over there, we've got a code that you guys can use. If you head over to redmenplus.com, click join today, go on your £5 monthly subscription and use the code BIASED, B 
I A S E D. I struggled there in the code. You can get it for two pound a month, which basically works out fifty p an episode of that podcast. Um, so yeah, get involved with that fifty p to just come and listen to us talk about how much of a lunatic Pep Guardiola is. That sounds like pretty reasonable value. Uh, hopefully, we'll see it over there. Scan the QR code if you're on YouTube to take you straight to the website. And uh, other than that, that is us for another Red Men Originals podcast. We will return next week. Uh, Paul Major, Chris Pedro, Dan Club, Steve Hall, all with big smiles on our faces. Long may that continue. Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now.